Hello and welcome to the Supersize Phys Ed Podcast. My name is Dave and I'm here to talk about another game changer. Yes, I love talking about game changers because they inspire me so much. And today is about none other than Sean White. Yes, the skateboarder and the snowboarder. And I just want to talk about all the things he's done in his life that I know of and <laughs> that I can talk about, I guess. And just how, again, he's inspired me and how I've taught about him to my classes. So here we go. All right. So who is Sean White? He is a an Olympic uh, gold medalist in snowboarding. He is a skateboarder in, um, I don't know if he still competes in the X Games. He was talking about doing skateboarding in the Olympics, but then he wanted to focus on snowboarding. So, But with the COVID thing, I'm not sure where he's at right now as far as the skateboarding in the next year's Olympics since it got pushed back. But I do want to talk about mainly his, I guess, his life and just in general, um, what he did in the Olympics that made him, makes him so special. So first of all, he did not grow up in the mountains. He did not grow up near snow. He actually um, got famous by doing snowboarding. And when he was really young, he was small and he was doing these tricks um, that was, he was taught by his older brother. And he just started going crazy as far as like nine years old, he was winning tournaments and just from there, he got noticed by Tony Hawk when he did skateboarding, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And they kept talking about his um, the thing I was watching, or I've watched a few videos on him in his life, and I'll put those in the episode notes, because I teach this to my students, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, about how he overcame adversity. He was small, like I said. He was um, not real popular with the I guess the the crowd, the uh, competition crowd, because he was winning and he was small and he was younger. And so no one really, or he didn't have many friends on the competition circuit. And that was really hard for him because, you know, he was winning money and it was, it's competitive. And, you know, so he, it was, it was kind of lonely at the top, let's just say. And he was winning in the X games, snowboarding and skateboarding. I mean, he was winning gold, uh, time after time, he actually holds the record for most uh, medals in the X Games. And, you know, again, I want to focus more on his Olympic career because that is what I'm a little bit more familiar with by watching him in the Olympics. And I guess mainly what I teach my students about him. And the reason I focus on the Olympics more than X Games, not because one is, uh, I guess one is probably is better than the other, but it's because of the adversity he overcame. And as as we unravel this story or as, as I tell the, ch the children, my, my students, the story, like they really get into it. We're watching a video about him and it, it shows, first of all, his, well, it shows again, his early, early career, mainly again, the snowboarding, but it does talk about how him and Tony Hawk became friends or he mentored, um, Tony Hawk mentored him when he was really young. And then it talks about, you know, 2006 was his first Olympics and he was the, you know, the flying tomato because he had that long red hair, all that bushy hair and freckles. And it just looked, you know, huge on him with the, the, the helmet and everything. So in 2006, he kind of came out of nowhere as far as the Olympics. Um, his snowboarding was kind of a newer thing and he did the half pipe and he uh, not only did he win, he won on his first run. So they have 
I think in that Olympics, they had two runs in the finals. So they have the first run and then they have a second run and they take the best score. So in the first run, he actually took first place and he was, it was like amazing. And so by the time everybody else was done, he had, he was the last one to go and he, uh, he, he had already won. So it was just a victory lap. I mean, he could have just fallen down the mountain and still won. Um, but he, you know, he did a little, uh, a cool, some cool tricks, obviously. And he was just getting higher than anybody else. That was one of the main things. He would get so much air. The other snowboarders were just amazed. Now, the following Olympics in 2010, that's when I started really watching it. I think I followed it a little bit in 2006. But 2010, I was really excited to watch him because he just became so much bigger. And everybody kind of knew about him, the flying tomato. So he did basically the same thing. He... This was in Vancouver. He did the same thing. He was he had a victory lap, and you know he already won the whole thing. He already had gold, and he was the last one to go because of qualifying. So he did the now he didn't have to, but he did the this double McTwist, which is amazing. It's a twelve sixty uh, degree spin, and he actually kind of flies over backwards, which is unreal. He actually renamed it the Tomahawk. So he he did that. He didn't have to do it. And he pulled it out, and it was just an amazing thing. And even Tony Hawk was like, uh, he was watching the setup for it. He has to get some really, like, gain a lot of speed. And Sean White really didn't have kind of the speed to do it, but he 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 executed, and it was amazing. Again, he could could have just, just slid down the mountain and won, but he decided to pull that trick out of his back pocket, as he, as he called it. And so the, the, that was two gold medals in a row. That was 2006, 2010. And then in 2014, this is where he was kind of getting his... Um, things were a little different. He he was pretty well known around the world. He was famous. He had his music career going. He was still doing skateboarding, which I think he's, again, he still does just, it depends, you know, he kind of put on the back burner. He also tried to do the slope style, which is another, they added to the Olympics slope style, um, snowboarding, which is just kind of like those moguls and those hills. And so he tried to split his attention between two things he also said the everybody was kind of falling. It wasn't a good like the slope wasn't the half pipe wasn't set up very nice. He actually backed out of the the uh, the mogul or not the, it wasn't called the moguls but the slope style because of the conditions and because he wanted to focus on the half pipe, which some people were kind of mad about, like on social media things like that. But he um, he came in. I remember watching this and I was I was like oh, I was really pulling for him. I'm like oh he's gonna win. He came in fourth. So he didn't even medal. So he went from gold, gold to fourth. And that's where I kind of stopped the video and we talk about it um, with my students. We, we really get in, into, well, what happened here and what would you do? So in, in real time, I mean, I can look back at this or, you know, and what he did. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. What he did was he got right back on the horse or on the wagon or whatever. I don't know, whatever you call it. He got right back up and he started training again. Because he wanted to come back in 2018, which he did. And it was harder this time because right before, it was like six months before the Olympics, he uh, had a really terrible accident in New Zealand where he came down on his face on the, the top of the half pipe, which is all ice. And he needed, uh, I believe, like 62 stitches in his face. And he was doing that, the run that he would eventually do in the Olympics. Um, and he just, got totally messed up. His face was all blood. There's some video of it and it's not great video footage, but it's some video of it. And it just, it was nasty. So, I mean, you know, again, we talk about overcoming adversity with my students. We talk about never giving up. And this is something that, I mean, he did not give up. He 
he barely, I mean, he did qualify. He had to qualify for the Olympics. You know, he wasn't just uh, automatically on the team. He had to qualify and he did. And this is one of the, the best Olympics I've ever seen. Um, he, he was going against a guy from Japan and it was back and forth. There's actually three runs. Um, I believe it went from, he was in first, then the guy from Japan took over and then he was in first again. The guy from Japan took over it was kind of back and forth, something like that, where, um, it was back and forth and he needed an almost perfect score to win. He had, he was the last one to go. It wasn't like he had a victory lap, like in the past, he was either going to get gold or silver and he put on. Like and I showed the kids this uh, a separate video of what he did this time, and he put on one of the best runs I've ever seen. And I think he did two of the tomahawks in that one, and he he beat him. He got gold in 2018, which to me is just amazing. It's it's amazing accomplishment. He overcame the the stitches. He overcame the the haters online. He overcame his own doubts, his own uh, demons, I guess, of coming forth. And he made one of the best comebacks I've seen. And that's why he's a game changer. And that's why I think it's important to talk about these things with your your students. I'm not going to do a cowbell tip of the day today because I've kind of been putting it in there as we go. It's, you know, mentioning and not just mentioning, but highlighting these people in history, I mean, even recent history um, with your students and, you know, what they have overcome, the, you know, the hard work and the obstacles and just everything they've given up for their dreams I just think Sean White is an, an inspiration to me and and to millions of people. So check him out. If you don't know who he is um, or don't know much about him, I will put um, a couple of those videos in the show notes, in the episode notes, so you can kind of link those up and take a look at those for yourself because you will be amazed by his accomplishments. And that is it for today. He is a game changer. That is Sean White. I appreciate you, PE Nation, for listening and for tuning in, and I appreciate your feedback. And definitely write a review if you could, or just click on the link and give me a few, hopefully four to five stars if this brought you some good information um, and made you think a little bit about what you can do in your classroom. I would definitely appreciate it. So have a great day, PE Nation. You guys and girls are awesome. Let's keep pushing our profession forward.